Here in Silver Spring, we have the Flying V Theater, Black the Black Box Theater. Jason, hello. Hi, Don. I'm good. How are you, man? So we got a, you know just some questions as we head into your first show ever. Now, yeah. how do you feel about the first show? How do you? I mean, how do you? It's your first show ever. The butterflies, the kinks, these things are going to happen. The first show jitters. Are you? Uh, how, how are you holding up? I'm good. I mean, because that's the thing that's weird for us. It's our first wrestling show, but we've been doing shows as a theater company now since 2011, and I've been directing professionally since 2008. So, on the one hand, it's an entirely new experience doing a wrestling show. On the other hand, there's a lot of fundamentals of live event producing and, and, and promoting that's deep in our DNA as a company. I've also had the, the fortune and the foresight to do a lot of work with a lot of other companies. I've been doing commentary for Nova Pro for the last year and a half. I was one of the creative directors, producers, um, and, and bookers for Fight Pro Wrestling. I do uh, commentary for Fury Pro Wrestling, and I also took some seminars in creative direction for professional wrestling with both Gabe Sapolsky and Mike Quackenbush. So uh, I feel like there's a lot that we need to do well and a lot that we still are going to learn after this. But thankfully, while I'm coming in from a first show, um, the company is not looking at this as a first show. It's a first wrestling show. Does that distinction kind of make sense? Yeah, it kind of does make sense because there, there are a lot of similarities between the play, the theater mm -hmm. production and the wrestling production. Um, a lot, unfortunately, wrestling tends to be bogged down to uh, stuntmen, you know, with, um, with, with microphones. Well, I, I think that's one of the biggest things that I'm actually really interested in doing with professional wrestling as part of our company. It's something that I've been a huge fan of for a very long time, since I was 13. I didn't actually have the, like, being a little kid part of it. I got into it in middle school and high school, so I became aware of all the backstage aspects of it at the very same time that I became a fan, so that's always been a part and parcel to it with me. But we've done three shows now under the Flying V Fights label. These were devised theatrical shows where every aspect of the show was built around these vignettes, all of which were based around different kinds of stage combat as the storytelling technique. And one of the things that I learned doing that with John Rubin, who's our managing director, our resident fight choreographer, my best friend. And we put these shows together and they were really well received. They're some of our, our, our most um, well-regarded work. We received a number of Helen Hayes nominations. It's basically like the Tonys for DC theater. Um, and part of what came out in doing those shows is how much about storytelling structure as related to stage combat I knew intrinsically because of my years of watching professional wrestling. How much of professional wrestling is similar or an offshoot to theater and other performance styles and how many people look down on it because they have ideas about what class of people are supposed to like wrestling. People who would love our Flying V Fights theater shows. Even though at the core, 
there's a lot different, but there's also a lot really similar, and it is another kind of performance-based art form. And, and so a big part of my journey in terms of doing pro wrestling, aside from just being a huge fan of it, is actually trying to combat the stigma of both sides, where you have people who go see a wrestling show who are attending live performance who would never think to go see a play. And you have people who go see plays who would look down on professional wrestling, and both of them are missing out on these incredibly cool experiences. And I wanna create a place that not only creates art and entertainment that rejuvenates people and really inspires them, and, 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 and what I think pro wrestling can be when it comes to that, but that also helps to fight these two different kinds of negative stigmas about things that I love and bring people together. My hope is that our audience will really be half a traditional wrestling audience and half a traditional flying V audience and create something completely different. Yeah, it's, it certainly is different. It's, it's unlike anything that I've seen before where we think of indie wrestling and the bingo halls, the laundromats, the mm -hmm. rooms, the conference rooms under the stadium. And now we're here in like an legit Playhouse. This is a theater. This is a lot of things that will happen here can't happen at your local VFW. How do you how do you tend to use those elements of an actual theater to set yourself apart from your traditional indie wrestling experience? I think we do want to use that to very specifically to set ourselves apart. But I do also want to make sure to say that I am by no means trying to in any way, shape, or form look down on any of those other kinds of venues. Uh, some of my favorite experiences ever has been going to an indie wrestling show in the classical indie wrestling sense. But I think that one of the things that we're looking to do to set us, ourselves aside and really make sure that this is a flying V wrestling show is we have a sense of, we have a very specific mission and a very specific set of aesthetics that are behind everything we do with Flying V. One of the things that we're doing this year is really expanding the notion that form and medium is not one of those things. That as long as it's our mission and our aesthetic, the form can take a lot of different ways. So particularly with like the roster, everybody was handpicked and evaluated with four very specific criteria in mind about what a Flying V wrestling show would look like. And that was character first, pageantry and presentation, storytelling ability, and athleticism. The idea behind it is that hopefully, and obviously to be very perfectly transparent and honest, the goal of the first show is just to do a really, really good show. I have bigger ideas going forward, but one thing I think a lot about in, in terms of scalability, so I have big ideas and big dreams, I'm very realistic in saying that goal number one is to do a show that the fans really love being at and a show that the talent really loves participating in. And I've been spending a lot of time talking and listening to people on all different sides to try and do a really great experience for the wrestlers, for the performers, for the fans. Um, but the goal is that theoretically everybody on our show, when you see them at their entrance, they should feel like if you saw them in the video, the, the, the character select screen of a video game, you would know exactly who you're playing. If you're playing like Street Fighter or Tekken. The other thing I think a lot about, something that was really influential to me is a time when I was talking with somebody about wrestling, specifically WWE, and I said I was a huge professional wrestling fan. And they're like, oh, I hate wrestling. And I expected all the reasons that you would think. And then they said, that's just that show about contracts. And I was like, what? He was like, think about it. When they're not wrestling, all they're ever saying is the contract, the stipulation. And it dawned on me that if you really think about WWE television, the genre is an office drama about the politics of a professional wrestling company built with wrestling matches in it. It's a, 
it, it's it's a specific kind of show that then has wrestling in it. That narrative and that style of, of genre within the medium of professional wrestling has become so intrinsically worked into our minds that it's hard for us to separate the idea that you could actually tell very different kinds of stories with different kinds of contexts and mediums, even keeping a lot of the same basic tropes the same, even keeping the idea of the aspect very specifically of competition, the league, the sporting elements, but you don't have to couch it in an office drama. I think Lucha Underground is one of the companies that's really played with that. Chikara has played with that. I'm still figuring how I want to play with that, but I'm thinking about this much more in terms of thinking of it like a live action street fighter, that this is a group of people who have come together because they each individually have something to prove psychologically to themselves or to others. What drives people to step outside of normal society, to put their bodies, their minds on the line to try and prove what does it mean to be the best. And I think the long-term goal for me is to use episodic storytelling and combat-based theatricality to explore that idea of what does it mean for different people to try and be the best. And does it mean being the best version of yourself? Does it mean being better than everybody else? Or are there other stories within there? So that's like the long range. In terms of what you, I think, were more specifically asking, we're gonna be having, um, hopefully a more robust lighting than you might see at a, a usual indie show. Um, some different kinds of, of, of levels in terms of where the, the entrances and interviews are gonna be, playing with visual space slightly differently, doing it in the round, having more control over when the audience is lit versus the ring is lit. Basically trying to up the production value to be equivalent to what a Flying V theatrical experience would be like, but definitely a pro wrestling show. Absolutely, that that sounds very interesting, and in how those two worlds are going to converge yeah. in one space. Uh, so let's take it back a little bit to the beginning, to the very beginning. You pitch this idea. Uh, who do you pitch it to? How does it go off? How, how do we get from, hey, this would be cool if to, oh, oh, we're three weeks away from our first show. Uh, so it's interesting. So on the one hand, it's my decision, and on the other hand, it's pitching it. So I'm the artistic director of the company. Um, that doesn't mean I get uniform say to do anything I want. It doesn't mean I do get, for the most part, final say on programming. So this is something I've been interested in doing for quite a while. Um, I actually, the company sent me to Florida a few years ago during WrestleMania weekend to take a creative seminar with Gabe Sapolsky because we knew that we might be going in this direction eventually. We weren't sure if it was going to be a partnership or what have you, but we'd started to work in elements of professional wrestling in our other Flying V Fight shows. We also started doing this thing called the Flying V Fights Combat Gym, which people might actually be really interested in. Every other week, every other Sunday in the evening in our Bethesda rehearsal space, we call the Nest at the Bethesda Chevy Chase Regional Services Center, John leads an open drop-in stage combat class. So sometimes it's about death and dying, sometimes it's about sword fighting. We bring in guest instructors from all over the country, all over the region. As we started to dive deeper into stage combat being a core component of what the Flying V experience is, and knowing my huge love of professional wrestling, it became more and more obvious that this was rife for our experimentation. We also really been looking as a company to try and expand beyond what we had been. Um, there's a lot of existential dilemmas with theater. Uh, I love theater, and I, we will always be a theater company at heart, but there's, like I said, a stigma attached to it for a lot of people. Um, and 
it's hyper localized where the show happens right here in Silver Spring, so only people here can ever see it. That's not a problem necessarily, but that's a reality. It's completely ephemeral. Once it goes away, it's gone. Watching a show of a play or a video of a play is very different than watching a, a, like a live performance of a concert or a wrestling event where it's being meant to be filmed in that way. It's not the same experience. So when it's gone, it's gone forever. And even the biggest theater companies, for the most part, are only able to produce maybe the biggest ones on a regional level, eight shows a year. Most of my level can do two to three, maybe four main stages, big scale, like four week long run productions a year. Which means that our ability to engage with you as a potential fan or an audience member is limited to the equivalent of your cousins coming home. Now think about wrestling, for example. You know that every Monday is gonna be raw and every Tuesday is gonna be, and like for all and all until the end of time. But even comic books. Every Wednesday is going to be new comics. Tuesday, new music comes out. Most things that people become extremely passionate about have a consistency of delivery that we found really difficult to do just doing large-scale theatrical programming. There's also all these things that people go to and enjoy that are performance-based that they would never think of as theater. I think of Medieval Times as a great example of, a, of an experience that is so obviously theater, but that is a very schlocky, corporate quality is mediocre, the dramaturgical relevance is, is moderate. It's Chuck E. Cheese with a sword. Yeah, but it doesn't have to be. And we, as a community, sometimes look down at stuff like that. But we struggle to get people to come to theater with a capital T, and that has people coming every single night. So does pro wrestling. I looked into the audience at Nova Pro one of the first times I went, and I saw an audience that was young, but fairly diverse in age range, fairly diverse in terms of gender, especially for a pro wrestling show, very diverse in terms of race. It was a demographically interesting audience with a demographically interesting talent base in the ring that was attracting the exact kind of audience that theater companies in this area would love to have. I wanted to bring artistic directors to be like, look at who is coming to this show. Look at how intense they are in their enjoyment and how participatory they are. Feel this energy. This is what we as theater companies are striving for often. Um, Flying V has one of the younger audience bases of companies. We have 50% of our audience is actually age 26 to 40, which is a huge, huge rarity. Most theater audiences are in their 60s, yeah, 70s, exactly. Yeah. Um, so one of the big things that we're doing is really expanding and trying to redefine what a theatrical performance can be. Never, ever, ever, and I mean ever, settling on the artistic quality, never settling on the dramaturgical aspects. And when I use that word, what I'm talking about is really thinking about the, the story structure, the consequences, the character development, all of the elements that make for it to be a compelling narrative experience. Um, but to try and look at all of these other performance styles that are here in the DC area, whether that's pro wrestling, whether that's magic, whether that's music or comedy or vaudeville, fighting, all this stuff, and how can we create and take the best aspects of those and meld these into shows that really change the nature of what theater can be and attract more and more people and have different um, different intersection points. So far since we launched the theater wing, I mean the wrestling wing of the company, which to me is, is wrestling, but it's also just another performance of things that fit Flying V. I mean like wrestling at its core is the, the closest we're ever going to get to comic books coming to life in a theatrical setting, that's us 
more than anything with our pop culture base. Um, but everyone's signing up for our Facebook. They're going to get information about our magic shows and our fight classes and our main stage theaters, just like all the people who are here because they love you know, our plays are getting information about the wrestling and maybe some of them are going to try it and people are going to get to experience new things that they have never gotten a chance to experience before, broaden their horizons and learn why we are so passionate about wrestling. You know, because it is about the athleticism, it is about the crazy moves, but it's also about that feeling when you've invested so much in watching a character try and accomplish something and your heart goes out for them when they succeed or when they fail. And when that's done successfully, it's the exact same response as when you are watching a play and somebody says that exact right line. It's just telling that storytelling through physicality and iconic gesture and nonverbal interaction for the most part. So I think a big part of what I'm trying to do is honor what I love about both mediums and break down stereotypes um, that keep people from being able to enjoy things that they might enjoy. That, that sounds good. That's actually one of the things about wrestling that people you know, kind of look past. They we kind of segregate wrestling and theater as well. That's just wrestling, and that's just theater. And one has a, both of them have a stigma, and depending on who you ask. Mm -hmm. Now let's switch gears a little bit. Let's talk a little bit more about the show itself. It's sure. coming up for a show ever. Um, what do you? What would you call a success? How do you measure the success of your first show? I think there's a lot of different measurements. So here's a couple that I'm thinking of. Obviously, we want. I would. I would love to fill it. Well, where would um, they get tickets from? Where's that? Where would they get tickets from? Uh, you can get your tickets at fvwrestling.brownpapertickets.com. Uh, we've sold 65 tickets so far. We've got a capacity of about 150. That's usually a little smaller for an indie wrestling show. But again, I've talked about scalability. I really wanted to give us. Uh, a meaningful shot at really filling the venue because the feeling of being full is actually often more important than literally how many people you have there. Um, so for me, I'd love to sell it out, honestly. Sure. We budgeted to have half, so we're very close to actually one measure of success. I really, it's really important to me that the audience really enjoys it and wants there to be a second show and invests and cares about the stories that are gonna happen throughout the show. And the other thing for me that's really important is that the talent would want to come back and speak highly. I think that reputation and process is really important. And so, you know, if we finish this show and everybody in the audience loves it and wants to come back and is clamoring for more Flying Beefice Pro Wrestling, but the majority of the locker room is like, I don't want to work with that guy or these people, that would not be a success. And vice versa, it doesn't matter if everybody thinks it's a great show. If I look at it and I go, these things didn't land, things didn't care, it didn't flow right. I'm really thinking a tremendous amount about flow. I, I, you know, you hire actors, you hire designers, you hire wrestlers, you hire any artist because they're the expert at what they do. And as a director and as a producer, you're creating a situation to put them in the best opportunity to succeed at what they do. So my goal is not to micromanage, but it is to set up a system within which they have the best opportunities to succeed. So when I think about timings, and I think about layout and structure and overall flow of the card, it's not a linear story, but it is like putting together a mixtape or a mix CD, and you're thinking of each, each match as a song that you haven't written, but you've hired artists to write, and you're, but you have to imagine what the whole mix 
is going to be like before you do it. So I'm imagining what this mix CD is going to be like. I need a blues number here. I need something high tempo here. I'm hoping I'm putting these right people in the right spots to succeed, but then I got to put them out in front of a live crowd to actually play the song and hope that at the end of it, it was a good mix. Yeah, absolutely. So that's going to be coming up. Yeah. This January 25th? January, Friday, January 25th, Silver Spring, Maryland. Important things to know is A, completely family friendly. With that said, we are also selling beer. So like bring your kids or come and have a beer. Please be appropriate. But like we're having both ends of that spectrum. We're completely metro accessible and parking will be free because parking garages become free uh, after a certain time at night when the show will be ending. So it's free parking. There's plenty of parking all around Silver Spring. It's also metro accessible. Um, and we have a couple other surprises that we may or may not be able to reveal later. We're working to try and get an after party with a local bar, and I, I just can't announce that yet, but it's looking good. No, there's definitely more than a few to choose from in the area. Hopefully we can get that yeah, nailed absolutely. down. Uh, but just in case they missed any of what you just said and they don't want to hit the rewind button, where can they see this information? So you can go to flyingvtheater.com. Honestly, more robust is our Facebook and Twitter. Uh, Twitter would be at Flying V Theater. Uh, the Facebook, if you just look up Flying V um, on Facebook, uh, it's got a blue logo uh, with like a skyline. Those are really the two best places. Our website's good, but it's not as updated as frequently. You can get tickets directly at fvwrestling.com. But really, it's Facebook and Twitter where we're making talent and match announcements and sharing awesome podcasts like you guys where we're talking and learning about the show. Um, and that's where you can get information about all of the different Flying Bee things. You can also sign up for our mailing list at flyingbeetheater.com. And we do send out uh, a weekly info letter. And that'll be how you can find out more information about match announcements and, and in, in interviews with talent and also upcoming stage combat classes. We're doing interactive gaming. We've got an Aegon's Conquest, an interactive game set in the Game of Thrones universe coming up in the next couple weeks. So we have a very busy schedule of events, both wrestling um, and non-wrestling. But if you are interested in Flying Bee Fights Pro Wrestling, I think the, the whole thesis of this entire thing is you will probably like this other stuff too. Because even if you never thought of yourself as a theater person or as a gaming person, we're thinking of this in terms of taste communities. And if you like the same kind of stuff we like, chances are you're going to like the other stuff too. Um, I can't guarantee it, but I do think it's worth the, worth the shot. Well, it definitely sounds like it. I'm very excited based on uh, the, it's indie wrestling as you've never seen it before. I'm really interested to see how it comes together. It's going to come together on January 25th. Jason E., thank you, sir. Thanks so much. There's one thing we say here at Flying V, so uh, Big Gold Belt Podcast, thank you so much for having me on. And everybody, be awesome.